The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells. With me today are Maureen O'Connor, New York sex columnist, and Allison Davis of The Cut. Hey guys. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about quantified kegels, where the quantified self movement meets how you improve your sex life. A new study, well, sort of a study, that says while men mostly masturbate to images, women really like doing it to music. Seems a little weird to me. And tallywhackers, which is, I guess the best way to describe it is Hooters for women, but is also the best named restaurant in the world. So on to our first topic, quantified kegels. This may actually be my favorite subject that we've talked about. This also requires a little bit of explanation. So for those of you who don't know, a kegel exercise is a way to train the muscles of your pelvic floor to in some way improve sexual performance, I think. I've actually never understood quite what that means or how that works. Do you guys have any better handle on what these things are? I first learned about kegels because of a friend who had just had a baby. And uh-huh. she said that she does them to, to strengthen her pelvic floor so that after birth sex is, you know, it's not, oh, God, this is gross, like not loose. Things aren't loose. Right. So you have to keep it tight. And that's what kegels are for, like arm exercises. But, and yeah. it can, it, but it also benefits... Everyone, if your vagina is tighter, yeah. I guess. Well, you hear about it in the context of people, say, after they give birth, they do kegels. and But men also can do kegels, and they have a pelvic floor as well and muscles that they can flex, which is, you know, flexing the place where you would have a vagina if you had a vagina. The place, I really hate all those euphemisms, taint, you oh, know? Yeah. Is that what I, that, that's the location of a male pelt, like that's what they're... Clenching? Roughly, yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Based on that, the, the article that we read, the the one from Vice, I don't know if you're about to introduce that. I was actually going to introduce the Allison, Al- mm. Alyssa Walker Gizmodo article, oh. which was about the new generation of kegels, which is what we were calling quantified kegels, which is like Silicon Valley's take on how to improve the kegel. And I know you were super into that. Do you want to tell us a little about the device that she was talking about? Right. So she was using this device called a K-Goal, which the sort of marketing always calls it the Fitbit Fitbit for your vagina. So the sort of quantified self-movement where people sort of use technological devices to track what's happening with their bodies, whether it's like, you know, fitness, how, you know, how many calories they burn every day, how much they eat, that sort of stuff. There's sort of a variety of devices for that. So this company invited, it's called a K-Goal, like when you have a fitness goal. and In this case, the goal is a tight vagina. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's actually, so the K goal was the first one, and that you have a device that you insert into your vagina and you squeeze it. And you, you know, you have a certain set of squeezes and movements you're supposed to do. Um, there's a second competitor that is not in production yet, but they're still in their funding rounds called Skia, and that one claims to be the temple run for your vagina. What's a temple run? I'm sorry. That is sure. yet another video game. Do you Did you ever play Temple no. Run? It's a game where you run? I don't know. <laughs> Up no, a temple? Well, yeah, temple the, point, the point of the game is that, you know, you perform various feats and there's, you know, visuals and stuff. So the skia gets you to do your vagina exercises, but it makes it really fun. And, you know, it's the gamified vagina exercise. So is there really like an audience for this? Are there a lot of women out there who are worried about not being tight enough? I mean, putting aside women just out of pregnancy, is this really like... 
I don't know. I have a lot of conversations with my friends about things we want to tighten and like improve upon, but my vagina has Does never vagina been never, come up? <laughs> never once have I had this conversation. So there are some studies that, you know, doing kegels can be better for people that suffer from, say, incontinence or can improve sort of sexual function. There are also studies that some there's some disagreement scientifically about whether doing kegels actually improves women's orgasms, because there are also studies that suggest that it might not actually help the orgasm itself, but women just like doing kegels. And once they get in the routine, they're <laughs> just happy and enjoying it and it improves their sense of happiness and liking of their vaginas so that's possible are all of you guys doing kegels right now included? <laughs> like i can't have this conversation without being so conscious of that <laughs> um i think i'm self-consciously trying to not do kegels you're, you're, right you're now. very loose at the moment <laughs> i want to stay relaxed I don't know. There's something that seems like dirty about doing them. In every article I've ever seen about kegels, the writer will always drop a reference to like how I was like sitting there doing kegels at the coffee shop and no one knew. Right. There's a Twitter account, Secret Kegel, that every like every <laughs> increment of time will just be like, "Are you doing them? Have you done it yet? Time to kegel." Like, <laughs> follow it. It's funny. So the idea is to do it like over the course of the day, not like in one concentrated burst. Right. Like, Either one, I think, is acceptable. But when you see that tweet, do you automatically be like, Ugh. Yeah, it's like, you feel I, like I you have to do I it. I feel like I have to do it. I it's just, like when someone talks about being itchy and then you become itchy. Yes. It's message, subliminal messaging. I'm itchy, I'm itchy now, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing kegels right now. <laughs> um, but no, my question about this whole thing is, like, is this really how the quantified self movement is becoming more, like, including women more? Because Apple Health never had, like, a period right. tracker. I mean, is my Kegel going to be compatible with my Apple Watch? I don't understand why this is the new... And if it is the case, it's a pretty patronizing way to deal with yes. women. To be like, the one thing we can do for women is to... Tighten count you your up, Kegels. You right? <laughs> no, I find something very strange about... Well, Alyssa Walker, who wrote the article for Gizmodo, who actually used the Kegel device, She was it was after she had given birth. And so there's sort of a, a more sort of urgent physical need for some women after at that moment. There is something that when I was looking into this, initially it seemed like all quantified self-sex things marketed towards men were all about, like for instance, there there is a device that gets marketed as the pedometer for your penis, the sex fit. Oh, but in fact, that's about sex. It's not about improving your penis. And all of these sort of sexual quantified self things marketed towards men were all about just like how much they're getting it on. Right. Are you enjoying it? Are you getting enough of it? How many, you know, as opposed to like, you're not good enough to improve yourself. Until just this week, there was an article in on Vice.com, and it turns out that there is now a company called Private Gym that markets <laughs> a device that men strap to their penis, a little like miniature weight, and you're supposed to hold it there while you're having an erection, and then you do your kegels. So in fact, there is now a Fitbit for the penis that actually functions in a way that's supposed to be strengthening your erections. The strengthening or lengthening? Or both. The Vice article is by Justin Caffier. And the private gym motto is better and longer lasting sex through exercise. So they're not actually promising a longer dick, although they did happen to use the word longer, which has got to have some halo effect on the way people think of it, right? <laughs> and then my argument is like that can be solved by just running more. You know, you don't need like a dick gym. Just go to the gym and sex will be better and longer, right? It's cardiovascular health as opposed is that to... the most important thing? I don't know anything right. about. Yeah. <laughs> cardiovascular health makes it's a difference. Very important. It's yeah. supposed to, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a sort of like natural fitness version instead of getting Viagra, right? Theoretically, although I don't know. So the first time that I heard of Kegels, though, was from dudes. It was like in my high school. There was like a crew of guys who. Um, I'm not, like, quite old enough for this to have taken place on bulletin boards, but in my <laughs> Im imagination, like, on bulletin boards, they connected with, 
like the early pickup artist people. They were like friends with um, what are those guys' names? Mystery. Like, Mystery. And, oh God. Yeah, and they also they were also like they had a lot of weird sexual. Pr- I think both of them, two of the three guys, like lost their virginity to women over fifty. Whoa. Um, at and, your high school? Yeah, and they were and they were really into Kegels. Like Different they were women over fifty. That wasn't just like one sexual say. predator. <laughs> yeah, around the high and school. For for like three years, I, I when they were children, they were like sixteen. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. And I think it happened at like Star Jones's birthday party, and Where they like they like crashed high school. <laughs> just New York. They crashed Star Jones's. Yeah, and I, I thought for a long time that they had, one of them had actually lost his virginity to Star Jones, but it turned out it was just her best friend. Whoa! Oh, I'm gonna Google Star Jones's best friend right now. But were anyway, they, they were. Age? They I'm, were I'm like, really... but they were like proselytizing through high school. Like this is like what all the all you do is you need to um you need to like start doing your Kegel Whoa. exercises. Oh, dudes need to do the Kegel. That's yeah. great. Did you? I did not. You know, I imagine that even if it doesn't work, there's something about being able to channel your anxiety into something productive <laughs> that might be helpful. <laughs> that you're sitting there and you're like, I'm so nervous. What will I do? I know I'll do this exercise that will save me. And I suppose there, there's got to at least be a placebo effect, right? Fair. Yeah. Just spend all that money on your dick gym, your private gym. <laughs> How much does the private... What, private gym? Dick gym? It's a very private, private gym. gym. Yeah. The most private gym. <laughs> How much does it cost? Four weeks of basic training at your private gym is fifty nine ninety nine plus free shipping. Special twenty percent off offer now. Oh, that's quite affordable, actually. Yeah, it basically is a DVD and like a little like weight that you can strap around your penis, and a second weight from when you're ready to you know reach the next level. Yeah. Okay. Well, not, not a bad investment. <laughs> perhaps. And Maureen, I know you've you've like read a little bit about how quantified self has taken on like taken over sex in other ways, right? There are like sex tracking apps and... There are several quantified self apps in in the sex world. One is called Spreadsheets. Oh my God. The name of which I think takes its name from all those, you know, dorky guys who go viral with their sex spreadsheets about everyone they fuck. So that one, the motto they say, place your phone face up on the bed and, you know, bounce around a bit. And then in the same way that, you know, there are some apps where you put your, your phone like under your pillow and it tracks your like how well you're sleeping and stuff. This one tracks that you're like moving your bed around, which means you're fucking. And it keeps track of like how many minutes you had sex. And then at the end of the week, you can see little charts about how much you had sex. It gives you, they gamify your sex life because it gives you a little like badge when they're like, you're like the like eager rabbit or whatever. I don't understand why. Why do you need to gamify your sex life? It's I know. Already- yeah, it's like it's a nice game as it is. Right? It's, it's like- pretty fun without you know, the app. <laughs> I am of two minds about this. On one hand, I find anything that anything that wants to gamify, not my sex life, just any form of gamification to be deeply infantilizing. Totally. Like, yes. You don't need to give me a prize. I'm just going to live my life and do as I please. Thank you. But on the other hand, if it is what I think there are a lot of people that sort of having a device or a way to talk about something makes it a little easier or like a demystifies like it. It's a communicative tool or it's a way to sort of like giggle, giggle. Let's try something new in our sex lives this week. Like when I did all those interviews with the couples therapist, some of them pointed out that, say, encouraging couples to like keep a diary write down what happened you know like sometimes having a tool helps people talk more so i can sort of see it on that side but um i do find something sort of like inherently oppressive about the notion that of all the things that we're already stressed out about and toning and tracking and feeling bad about and sort of overly navel gazing on sex just like oh come on don't we already have enough hang-ups about this that now we also need to worry about 
tracking it, tracking and then it, like appraising and, it. You know, yes, directly measuring the strength of my vagina and doing more exercises until it reaches the level I want. Especially because if you like, at least for me, the people I imagine doing this are like awful, competitive, <laughs> like you know, psychopaths. Like they're not people who are in it to like actually improve their relationships or like right. whatever they're Possibly. like. Possibly. Although I think there is perhaps just a certain personality type that likes to improve. So we've been talking about qu the quantified self and especially quantified kegels. Let's move on to our second topic, which is the sound of masturbation. <laughs> um, and I, this, we're not talking about fapping, but I just wanted to say I think the word fapping is like one of the Internet's great neologisms. It's yes. like such a perfect, perfect word. And I love that online it's actually replaced like jerking off or whatever else you'd use. Yeah. But the actual thing we're talking about is this organization called WeVibe. Maureen, I think you said that they're a vibrator manufacturer. Is that right? They are. They, they manufacture a variety of vibrators, including their signature vibrator, which is a vibrator vibrators you are able to use with a partner. Like, while fucking, a woman could use it while also being penetrated. I think they have some that are supposed to stimulate both members. That's, hence the, various, the Wii vibe. Yes. The Wii vibe. Vibing together. They released a study this week that they conducted about masturbation habits, and there are a lot of great nuggets in there, including the fact that the car is the third most popular place to masturbate, which is especially true, I guess, for Midwesterners. Maureen, you're from uh, Minnesota, <laughs> right? Can Long drives. <laughs> But I think it really, like, I would think the West Coast would be, like, the place for cars. Why? Midwest is, like, well, I just, I feel like the West Coast, you're always on a highway. Wow. Midwest, you're, yeah, like, but you're you driving know, around I'm your small th town. No, but if you're, if, you're, if you're on a highway in traffic, yeah. everyone can see you. Right. It's only when you're, like, on the long stretch of highway. On only the PCH road. or whatever. With the cruise control. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they also included this breakdown, which is that 87% of people report masturbating because they are in the mood. 38% because they are stressed and 26% because they are bored, which is a great reason to masturbate. <laughs> I would have thought boredom was going to be number, number one. one yeah. Stress masturbation, like, when I've got my to-do list, adding masturbation to it doesn't make it seem better, does it? Well, it's just like a little, like, relief, I guess. I don't know. I guess. It's your reward. You're like, <laughs> yeah. once I get through three tasks. Well, you hear about, like, it used to be that, like, coaches on teams would, like, make their players masturbate before games to, like, right. relieve Right. Is that tension. true? I don't know. It's an urban legend. Or would, but wouldn't you want <laughs> all the hot athletes but, having their jackets? Wouldn't you want together? them not to masturbate before the big game? So their testosterone have, is yeah. up. And they're like, so they have rage. Hulking out. But then maybe they can't start but don't finish. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Terrible case of blue balls is the reason for every victory. <laughs> <laughs> but the most interesting thing about this um, study, uh, actually, Maureen, you flagged it. So do you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah. So apparently, they were they were asking people about what sort of like imaginative stimuli they use during masturbation and two times as many men than women reported using visual stimulus such as looking at pictures or videos and two times as many women as men said they listen to music while they masturbate which to me I was like Ooh, I didn't even know music was an option <laughs> who listens to music what kind of music I know I love the idea of creating like the appropriate sex playlist for yourself because like we all have one, right? For for company, do we? <laughs> I would assume. You think you'd so. have to do a separate one? You couldn't you just use the same one that you'd? No, I think you have to have a separate Wait, one. So I had a friend who had her sex playlist, and it was the funniest thing because it was that 
she was in college apparently, and she didn't know that like everybody could see each other's playlists. There's a moment when like iTunes gets networked, oh, God. and she had her like fun time playlist. And the key is that there were only three songs on it, which kind of told you everything you had to know Each about were her like sex one life. minute and 40 seconds long. Or <laughs> yeah. Whatever. yeah. And whatever it was, I can't remember now, but the first two were like sexy songs. She's like, it like teaches the man to do. And it was like the first two were some kind of like romantic, like touch her type music. And the third one was Pony. Yeah. Which then... <laughs> no, but. Duh. <laughs> well, I think it was like, I was like, I think I know what position this girl's having sex in, and I think I know exactly how long she's doing it for now. Like, you totally get her rhythm, too, because, yep. yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love it. But masturbation music, that's got to be yeah. different than couple sexy time music. I don't know. Did it say anything What are your about... guys' sense of this? <laughs> I honestly haven't thought about it. I... I, I guess I wondered first, maybe it's just like you're putting it on to like black out the environment and you're actually not plugged into the music as a turn on. Right. But it's interesting because, you know, we talk so much or we hear so much about how men are so much more turned on by images and women are much more turned on by narrative. And I guess music, a lot of music is actually more narrative than porn. I would imagine, though, that if you are listening to music, it would also be sort of a set the atmosphere, but not necessarily like you're jacking off like to that music. To you that know? person. That you're like, like yeah. oh, Miguel's singing, you know? So if you guys have any suggestions for what we should put on our masturbation playlists, I guess you should tweet us at The Cut. What, what, what would you guys listen to? What What's on your masturbation playlist? You know, I'm going to say Prince's Darling Nikki, but only because there's like the direction in the first line, you know? I met her masturbating in a hotel lobby, and it's like, bam, you're there. There you are. There you are. That's good. I got you know it's it's really hard for me to. I remember when I was like a young teenager, being really turned on by a lot of like TLC videos. I might like go back to that like. Waterfalls. No, the red light special. Red light special is really big. Yeah. Those are good choices. But I think I couldn't do it. I like any. This is going to sound so awful, but I don't think I could really do it with a band or a group that had any men in it it would like have to be an all girl you because you're going to be envisioning the same right. totally. about the images or even if it's know. like a guitar player that i know or whatever or like you know the dj or who i know is a man i don't think really i'd hard. be envisioning the artist necessarily no. yeah I, I, guess, I guess i'm just a more visual person than you Boyd. you're a man yes <laughs> perhaps <laughs> what about you maureen i feel like r&b would be the correct yeah. way to go with this Aaliyah, Rock the Boat. Wasn't that one about masturbation? Yes. So on to our next topic, Tallywhackers. Allison, I was going to ask you to explain just what this completely brilliantly named company is and does, but the headline on your column sums it up pretty well. Soon we will be able to eat in a dick-themed restaurant. What else is there to say? I guess you need to know where it is, which is in Dallas. I don't know why it feels so right for this place to open up in Dallas. It's not a chain yet, but it will be, and it opens next month in the Oaklawn neighborhood of Dallas. So everyone in Texas is so much luckier than us here in New York. And you're going to be there for the opening weekend. I'm going to try to be, yeah. So (laughs) front and center. Um, I'm just, like, so excited. I think it's like Magic Mike, the dining experience, which I can't imagine Uh, is bad So it's like a Hooters, I would imagine. Yes. But so what, I mean, what will they have dick-themed there besides men? Like what will the men (laughs) be wearing? What's the equivalent of a Hooters tee for men? So they'll have, they have company t-shirts that men will wear with little booty shorts, but I Mm. think they can also take off their shirts and wear the booty shorts and just an apron. 
a small apron. Well, wouldn't the apron, red apron block the view of that with the well, tallywhacker? That's true, but you get the, the rear view. <laughs> all right. Some of them are right. more proud of their tush than their... Uh, all right. I think probably it also, it's like the illusion of that there's nothing underneath. Right. Like an apron, it could just like oh, fly up, up and... And then surprise. Yeah. Ah. Another hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what is the food like? Do you know? Ah, I've actually printed out a menu so we can peruse. <laughs> Ooh, do tell. Um, well, it's kind of like an, a standard bar food, but a little fancier. There are things like a succulent crab salad, which just Ooh. sounds so sexy. Also a pound hot dog, something called an S&M burger. Cleverly stands for the Swiss and mushroom burger, but like oh. let your imagination run wild. But I think that the one pound hot dog... It's it's a, lot a, lot a lot of hot That's dog. That's a big hot dog. <laughs> uh, and of course, they have a banana split. Naturally. Although I feel like that's a little violent for a restaurant that's yeah. called Tallywhackers. You want to? I'd never heard this term before. I know. I don't know if they made it up. Is it British? Is it? I haven't found the origin of it yet. Urban Dictionary said British, but uh, our... it was a British euphemism for a dick. For a dick, yeah. Because I nearly saw it and thought it was going to be a euphemism for masturbation, and I was like, oh look. Oh, Kelly don't. Yeah, I don't know. So I, my one concern is that you know large groups of women will go, or uh, I think it's actually really more geared towards gay men. But women uh. have been, on the internet, women have been more excited about this than gay men. I worry that people will go thinking it's kind of like a Chippendales or uh, like a like a male strip review, and maybe really harass some waiters who are just there to serve the food first and foremost. True. In principle, I always support parody in heterosexual objectification, right? In practice, I often wonder whether we're sort of forcing ourselves to try to like something that isn't totally natural. Like the number of bachelorettes I've been to where I'm like, no one's actually enjoying this, but we feel obligated to, you know, but I feel that way about the parties ass. Maybe. But also, I feel like most <laughs> of the chicks I know would rather just be at a regular old strip club looking at ladies. Like, That's true. We actually well, like objectifying women, too. Because I have to say that, like, with the with the male strip club or the male stripper or, like, even tallywhackers, there is an element of, like, cheese that isn't, a, like, apparent in strip clubs with women. Like, I've been yes. going to a strip club and watching well, a woman I mean, dance. Or they're women, really women in strip clubs are, are cheesy, too. Are they? There's yeah. an element Maybe I just go to of... the right strip clubs. <laughs> yeah. No, there's an element of the way the titillation factor plays out, I think, is different. That there's, like, a sense of, like, hee-hee. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing something this bad. Oh, my God. Can you believe Magic Mike just took his pants off? That, like, I don't think that level of sort of, like, giddy, oh, my God, I shouldn't, is the vibe I get at strip clubs where there are ladies dancing. Why do you think that is? I don't know. You know, I'm reminded there was this great documentary in 2006 called The Great Happiness Space, which was about these Japanese, called a host club, which is like a hostess club, when there's sort of a modern version of a geisha that there's sort of, you go there and you pay at a hostess club, you know, they have all these sort of themed quasi-sex work where the girl flirts with you and pays attention to you and you pay money, you get bottle service, maybe you have sex, maybe you don't. And there are also these host clubs where the most successful host, there's also Vocative, did a short little feature on him in 2014, says he makes up to $200,000 in one night, which is like best taking ever. Whoa. And women pay for for him to flirt with them, maybe make out a little, and, you know, to pour bottle service and be their their sort of male geisha, basically. But the weirdest twist about the 2006 documentary was that you realize all of a sudden that they're all the women who basically also work in this sort of red light sex district. And so they actually are going to go pay a dude to pay attention to them. In a non-predatory way. In a non-predatory way, after they have been 
paid to pay attention to men in ways that are (laughs) I suppose all over the spectrum right and there's something sort of strange of that like in the male strip club you're paying the stripper to sort of be like really really hot but he doesn't touch you you know but he's also way more in control than a woman I mean he's like commanding he's like on tables, he's like kind of attacking you right, honestly. in a in a strip club. <laughs> right, you know, because when you see the, women like, are much more demure. Like women strippers are much more demure. Like they're kind of there to be ogled. As but to. well, when you think about say the lap dance experience, right? When you go to the like male strip club for a bachelorette party, and they'll do the thing where they have the woman sit on a chair and he dances and grinds and she covers her face because she's so embarrassed right. there's a penis in front of her not everyone like, Marine. don't generalize <laughs> <laughs> all I'm going to say is that's not the way a lap dance ever plays out when it's a woman dancing on a man right there's no cover your face I'm so embarrassed no there's just bald enjoyment of a yeah. woman grinding on you but I feel like we haven't yet talked about or we've ta- we haven't talked mm-hmm. enough about just how great a name Tallywhackers is maybe I've already <laughs> said this like four times but the thing to me that's always been sort of disappointing about Hooters is I actually think Hooters is a poorly named restaurant because really? the outfits are actually about showcasing the girls' asses. That's true. They're not about showcasing their tits, which, like, because they're covered. Well, but they can't. Isn't there, like, a cabaret law that says your tits just can't well, be yeah, on but, an average but, restaurant? Well, <laughs> but you could, be, you could be wearing, like, a really low... You could be wearing, basically, like, a sports bra. So you're saying top. that... The Hooters tank tops aren't low cut enough for you. Is this what you're saying? Your that, position, I'm, I'm David? saying the name should refer, like, should refer to the women's asses, not to their tits. Interesting. And tallywhackers, there's no mistaking what you're looking for. Right. This is like you're looking for that D. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna but disagree. But the Hooters girls usually Hooters. wear pretty tiny tanks and so, like tie them and up so and stuff, tight. right? No, they're t-shirts. They're not tank tops. No, they were tanks or they were t-shirts. I haven't, you know, I haven't been to Hooters oh, in such a long time. I can't remember. And what are you like? What are you expecting in terms of the quality of the waiters? Do you think they're like the people who didn't make the cut at the strip club? <laughs> I don't know. I look. Well, the, the strip club guys got to do something at brunch time. You know, totally. They, you think you need it's more than three one hours? Job. I don't know. I'm expecting like a lot of wannabe model actors in the Dallas area. Mm. So I think they're going to be buff. I'm really yeah. looking forward to a high quality of, yeah. of man meat. So we've been talking about Tallywhackers, the best named dick themed restaurant in America, and that's it for Sex Lives. Our producer is Tim Eininkel. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And for Allison Davis and Maureen O'Connor, I'm David Wallace-Wells. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>